Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Colton Griffin. He is the CEO of Flourish Software, which is a software platform that not only tracks product from seed to sale, uh, we know that phrase, but also enables automation at each link in the supply chain, tracking inventory, recording and directing activity, and enabling operators to run their business cost-effectively and providing actionable analytics. Colton's career background and expertise are at the intersection of supply chain operations, enterprise software, and analytics. Boy, I keep hearing a lot about supply chain recently. Welcome to the show, Colton. Thanks, Bethany. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Great. Uh, so let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, let's learn a bit about your background, experience, what kind of industries and history you have before doing what you do now. Sure. And it is all about supply chain. It's a term uh, we keep hearing over and over because it's uh, so important. The concept of how something gets from point A to point B and in this industry, there's a lot of steps uh, uh, between point A and point B. So my background really started at a company called Manhattan Associates, which is a, a leading software company based in Atlanta. They uh, are leader in supply chain management software, specifically warehouse management, uh, transportation and order management software. And I spent the first couple of years of my career deploying that software uh, to large enterprises across the country, which was, uh, which was really awesome. And then I moved into Genuine Parts, uh, the parent company of Napa Auto Parts, and built out uh, all their supply chain analytics and reporting. Uh, we ultimately deployed that, you know, across the whole country to you know uh, nearly 100 warehouses, and on top of billions of dollars in spend, um, really trying to um, extract more value out of all the the software that was running the warehouses and the labor management uh, and, and labor tracking and all the inventory pre, uh, management, procurement, and trade management. Mm-hmm. After, yeah, that career in sort of the corporate world, I stepped out and started doing some consulting and, um, you know, helping customers uh, in that domain really uh, operationally uh, making their data more valuable and, you know, sort of aligning operations with the software and with, um, you know, with reporting and with analytics and uh, and ultimately ended up in this industry uh, building Flourish. There's a lot in between there and that now that a lot in between then and now, but uh, it's a uh, it's a great start to my career. Great, that's that's the short version. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so with that experience of supply chain and managing data, I mean, you can have a lot of data, but then actually doing something with it, analyzing it, is is the next step in the challenge. Uh, so super important, and we'll talk more about that later for sure. So. How did you decide to get involved 
in the cannabis industry coming from uh, distribution, manufacturing, warehouses, and car parts. How did, how did you go from there to federally illegal <laughs> growing, blossoming industry? Um, well, you know, it's about being in the right time in the right place with the right team, I think. We uh, were out here in L.A. and happened to meet some cultivators uh, out of the San Diego region that were um, just sort of starting on this journey of getting into legal cannabis in California. This was in 2017. Mm -hmm. And we uh, struck up a conversation and sort of pitched our background and realized that um, there was a huge need for, for better software for them, specifically in the cultivation and manufacturing segment of this industry. Uh, I spent a couple months really diving into it and understanding, you know, what the different markets looked like, who the players were, you know, and asking people what the biggest challenges they, they had in running their businesses. And uh, software for operators across the country was uh, one of the, the top pain points that they were facing when they were trying to, to run their business. And, you know, so our my, my team and, and I uh, sort of saw that opportunity to, to build something better aligned well with our background. We you know, have passion for for the industry and you know probably underappreciated the um how rapidly it was expanding you know at that time i was i was based in atlanta and uh and it just all lined up and so we took a chance and started working with with that first customer landed a second landed a third um found ourselves you know really deep in the weeds pun intended in this uh in this industry our industry has so many good puns. <laughs> it's inevitable. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you just can't run out of the puns. Uh, so you and your team, when you when you launched Flourish, I'm guessing it was kind of small startup, uh, wearing a lot of hats. When you got these new customers, uh, did you get an opportunity to go into a grow house or walk walk into a hemp field and sort of see these plants for the first time in, in that scale? Yeah, it, it really was amazing. You know, um, we were based in Atlanta and our first customer, our first three customers, one was in Southern California, uh, the other was in Florida and the other was in Oregon. Uh, all very three, all, all three were very different types of companies. Uh, mm -hmm. Indoor grow, mixed light grow, uh, manufacturing, uh, you know, uh, and um, different backgrounds, venture backs, like kind of family owned, um, coming out of the uh, the gray market, uh, brand new, you know, ground floor, um, you know, uh, businesses. Uh, they all look different, and so mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time with those different customers, really understanding, you know, what their day to day looked like before we really did anything. And then we just worked really closely, listening to their, um, you know, their pain points and trying to understand their processes. Unfortunately, we have a, a great background in, you know, understanding how inventory flows through a facility and all the touch points and, you know, tools that companies use, you know, across the world to, to manage the, that and track it and measure it, and, you know, and, and drive those processes. And so we kind of took all that background and we married it with uh, the customer's, you know, actual feedback and, and experience working with them. And that was really the foundation of, of, of building the platform. Great. Great. Uh, so the company has been running for a couple of years now uh, and you're tweaking and adjusting as you go along. Where's where's the company at today in 2020 and, and how does your your role look and uh, any any plans as we move forward into the future here? 
huge. It's been, you know, we're almost three years into production. So we we launched with our first client in July. Uh, we started coding in, in March of 2017. So three years into this, uh, we're deployed across around 15 states. Uh, clients ranging from, you know, small mom and pop operations to thousand plus person companies. Uh, you know, our, our, our largest customer you know, basically went from less than 50 to nearly 2,000 employees in 18 months. And, you know, when we launched our retail point of sale, we rolled it out to 30 stores on launch. So we, um, we've had a lot of fun, you know, watching customers grow up and, you know, really scaling the software with, with you know, our customers as, as they've um, they built their businesses. And that's the mission right now is just to continue to deploy this across the country. I mean, we have a really robust uh, product roadmap. We're always building new, new features and new functions. Uh, we release new new updates uh, twice a month, and uh, you know, really, still have a lot of customer-driven you know development to um, you know to enable changing processes and and you know changing needs uh, as the companies you know uh, mature. And uh, really, you know, where we're going ahead with this whole software is to help it not just track and represent and record what happened, but enable enable our customers to uh, run their business and drive processes and then you know direct uh, actions to, to actually improve the bottom line and make smarter decisions and prevent issues uh, and you know it all looks different when you're in cultivation manufacturing distribution or retail point of sale it's a pretty broad uh, base but you know we uh, um, we have a great set of clients in, in all four of those segments and uh, many that that do all four. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how big is your team at this point? How, how fast has, has your company scaled up in the last three years? Yeah, we, you know, we started, there was really only three of us. Um, and, you know, now we're around uh, 30 full-time uh, here in the States. We have a great offshore team as well. Um, so yeah, around 40, 45 folks all said and done. And um, uh, we'll continue to grow as um and higher, higher this year, we're probably going to add, you know, another 10 people or so over the next 12 months. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, this industry certainly has the potential for a small startup to rapidly, rapidly scale up if, if you're doing something right and if you're offering something that customers want. When I go to the NCIA conferences that we host, typically, uh, this show for is amazing, um, not only from year to year, but even from show to show, since we're doing multiple shows in a single calendar year at this point, um, seeing companies' booths, um, you know, maybe get bigger and seeing new faces all the time is really exciting as I've, um, as I've been doing, working with NCIA for over six years now. So um, there's, there's been a lot to watch for sure. We're going to take amazing. our first, yeah, we're going to take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back to chat more with Colton Griffin from Flores Software. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Before the break, I was kind of talking about how much I enjoy being on the NCIA conference show floor. And of course, we have postponed all of our in-face, person-to-person, face-to-face networking events Um, including cannabis caucuses and industry socials and the bigger conferences. Why? Uh, Boohoo. We're all talking about COVID-19 all the time. So this conversation, let's um, shake things up with a little bit of optimism. (laughs) Um, Let's imagine a world with full United States federal legalization. We all kind of hope and predict that that's coming in the next 10 years or so. Maybe even more global markets opening up. We're pretty optimistic about what's happening to the north and south of us, um, addition to across uh, over in other countries. So tell me, tell me what you see coming there and how business owners might want to prepare for full federal legalization as we move from this state-by-state-by-state legalization process across 50 states to just one country having legalized cannabis. How do we get ready for that possibility whenever that happens? I'm super excited uh, about the, you know, federal legalization. Federal legalization is right around the corner, I think, in the United States. And it's exciting to see, you know, all countries across the the globe really, you know, break down uh, the uh, prohibition and, and open up markets. You know, I think it's both very exciting and also a little scary uh, in how it can affect and, and impact, you know, our, all of our business and business operations. And, you know, I, I think that legalization needs to happen intelligently, but it definitely needs to happen. And I'm hopeful, you know, we'll see movement on it, you know, as soon as next year. Um, as I think about preparing for legalization, I think we have to think about how you know, federal rules and standards uh, that a lot of companies, you know, operate under across the country will come into into play, you know, as a state by state sort of market right now and without federal intervention, uh, some of those those requirements are, are not really uh, something that, that operators have to think about. Uh, 
but we should start preparing uh, to operate businesses with GMP standards, ISO standards, various food safety standards uh, that, you know, um, a lot of other manufacturers that produce, you know, food products or um, products that humans ingest uh, need to, need to um, follow. And so it's really about, you know, people, processes, and, and the technology uh, behind it. Uh, to, to prep for federal legalization. So understanding your vendors, your relationships, your market, uh, creating, you know, defensible markets and defensible sort of uh, value props for your customer and relationships with your customer uh, so that, you know, you can, you, you can compete and maintain you know, your market position in whatever state and local area that you, you work in is always really important just as a business and business practice you know, the processes around federal guidelines on, you know, manufacturing practices and safety and standards and quality uh, and formalizing those, those processes and those procedures are really important. And then, you know, using technology and um, uh, to document and, and enable those processes is really important. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And uh, NCIA's committees have been putting some really good information out through our blogs and webinars about good manufacturing practices, GMPs. So uh, head to our website if anyone wants to do a deeper dive on that topic. There's uh, quite a few resources there on NCIA's website. And I'm looking forward to federal legalization and having that broader national view. Um, but here we are in the uh, the roaring 2020s uh, with today's challenges. And our industry, you know, we're seeing a lot of sophistication, automation, uh, defined processes, SOPs. We talk a lot about all that as well. Today's industry looks different than it does five years ago. Absolutely. Um, but let's talk about the challenges that cannabis companies are navigating today in 2020 with integrating technology and software into their daily processes. So the one topic that we spend a lot of time on every time we engage with a client and go to implement our software and, and help them adopt technology uh, is around the item and strain naming. So, you know, there's no standards or real standards, or, you know, state by state or within states on item naming and, um, uh, you know, on what we call our products and our strains and, you know, and, and really defining best practices around that. And I think that's um, when you try to align systems and you try to digitize processes, you know, what you call something uh, really does matter. And, you know, that that's one just area of opportunity and, and challenge and, you know, and value prop that we uh, bring to our customers when, when we're working with them. You know, other than that, the just the sheer overwhelming number of, of vendors in the market can be somewhat scary and daunting to uh, customers when they're trying to decide, you know, what do I use and how do I decide if what I, you know, which of the, one of these vendors works and works well. Um, you know, there's, I, I'm not envious of, uh, of people trying to make that decision, you know, and it's, uh, um, you know, and I don't really have a solution for that, but, you know, having a, a process in place to, um, you know, to guide that, but then really, you know, looking at customer references and, um, you know, validating uh, social, you know, proof, I guess, to, to make sure things are working, you know, for other operators is a good way to, to cut through the noise sometimes and, and, and understand you know, what really is working past the sales pitch. And then, you know, I think there's just varying degrees of familiarity with how you adopt and leverage software in general uh, and, and technology in general. I mean, the states often are forcing, uh, forcing that interaction through state track and trace systems, 
and you know, I I think there's there's just such a wide number of uh, like wide ex- range of experiences of people that come into this industry and that are in this industry. You know, there's not a um, um, uh, it, there's a very you know interesting sort of customer base that we work with, and um, and it has some challenges here and there, but it's also an opportunity to really you know help everyone improve their skill set, and uh, um, you know, and that's part of us as being a good technology partner. Huh. Yeah, one interesting that interesting thing that you mentioned was about naming of strains, and this is a completely different rabbit hole to go down. But uh, you know, whatever one grower might call lemon skunk or something, for example, uh, could look completely different than another grower's lemon skunk. So, you know file naming conventions or, or product naming, you know, getting those two mixed up, your customer would get a little upset if they didn't have the same experience, right? So those kinds of things are so interesting um, as, as we're moving forward. And I don't know the solution there for strain names. <laughs> and well, even, yeah, <laughs> even when you, when you want to hook, you know, an online marketplace into, you know, a software like us and, you know, an order is placed for an item, and that order, the item needs to look the same or, or match some element on the item needs to match the website as it does internally, as it does maybe the finance system. And maybe there's three pieces of technology that all need to talk together, you know, and so there's a lot of thought that needs to go into, you know, the convention and naming yeah. and, you know, and then company to company, you're, you're, you're spot on, on, on like what we call different strains and products. Um, you know, it's just part of maturing as a, as a, as an, as a, you know, in, as an industry and we'll see, you know, standards start to be set. Um, but you know, there's lots of different markets and lots of different, you know, backgrounds and it's, uh, it can be challenging. Uh, it's just something we address head on uh, when we're first looking at, at using tech and in, in, in the operations. Good, good. Wise to wrap your head around that early on for sure. Um, and, and some of these operators in our industry see, all the seed to sale tracking as a necessary burden and most legal states have this as mandatory mandatory or required systems like metric um, and operators have options to use add-on supplementary software. Uh, can you kind of break that down a little bit for us in states like Oklahoma, Florida, Nevada, and Colorado? They're all wildly different um, programs, uh, how that works. They are. So um, there's certain states that have open licenses, right, that just acquire local approval and you can just set up a business and run. Those states are, are kind of like Colorado or, or Oklahoma. There's other states that are limited licenses, like like Florida and Nevada, the competitive bidding process to, to be able to, to run a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the state track and trace requirements also are wildly different. There's you know, metric and biotrack that are deployed across the country that, you know, our, our operators are forced to use to put in information. And then there's states like Oklahoma and Florida that, you know, uh, allow companies to do, use a system like ours and, and self-document and, and produce reports if auditors come in. And, you know, um, I think from an operations perspective, you know, I, I love that model of being able to pick a software that really works and helps run your business, but tracks the required, you know, information for the state. You know, allows you to produce reports and audits and, you know, and, and visibility. And, you know, I, I wonder if we'll see um, the state mandated software, you know, start to, to wane as we go to legalization, um, you know, and, and uh, it's it's sort of, uh, it's a huge burden for people to, to you know, to be forced to, um, to enter all their data into the state track and trace system. But, you know, obviously the states are, are trying to um, prevent diversion and, 
uh, you know, capture, capture information to maximize their tax revenue. So there's some middle ground between that. It's just, it's just, it's really, really interesting as we go state by state, you know, we work in states across the country and how they've um, decided to, uh, to mandate, you know, various technologies and interactions with technology to, to kind of achieve those uh, policy goals. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I would think with, as we move forward with federal legalization and, you know, interstate commerce becomes less of an issue. Yeah. Maybe that does uh, require less of a need for this intense tracking. All right. We're going to take our last commercial break and then we'll be right back to wrap up our chat with Colton from Flourish Software. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer & Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we've been chatting about software in the cannabis industry with Colton Griffin from Flourish Software. Um, So I think I mentioned earlier, NCIA's 10-year anniversary is this year in 2020. Uh, So it's cool that we've had a national trade association representing the cannabis industry with lobbyists in Washington, D.C. year-round advocating on our behalf. Uh, so we're enjoying the whole year to do some reflection on where we were 10 years ago uh, as compared to what the world looks like now in the cannabis industry and also maybe making some predictions for the future of where we're going to be in 2030. And a lot of people, of course, say federal legalization. 
that would be awesome. So I'm curious what your thoughts are as you think all the way back to 2010 and across the span of this potential 20 years, what our industry was, is, and what it will look like in the future. Yeah. So when I think 10 back 10 years ago, I was just starting an internship in uh, oil and gas industry and had taken several months off from uh, enjoying uh, cannabis so I could pass my drug test and, and get that internship uh, <laughs> between my junior and senior year of college. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely a different climate and, um, you know, in a different world in so many ways. And, you know, what I'm excited about is just looking 10 years forward is, um, you know, product consistency, a better understanding of how products, you know, affect us, uh, you know, continue to have great choices of, you know, ways we can consume. But, you know, even even being deep in the industry, there's there's just so much variability uh, in the product mix, you know, and then your experience with, you know, with different strains and different, you know, ways to consume that like it's only going to get better and I think tighter, you know, as we look forward 10 years. And, and of course, we, you know, it's inevitable that we have to, to legalize, not just here, but around the world, you know, and really start to um, unlock more and more power of, uh, of the plant, and, you know, for both medicinal uses and recreational uses. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. I mean, every, every, I feel like in cannabis, you know, every couple of months is feels like a year and mm-hmm. just how fast everything is moving and, you know, how fast people are building so it's, uh, you know, 10 years in the future. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think we have a lot of exciting things to look forward to. Absolutely. I love that phrase, unlocking the power of the plant also. It's a really good one. Uh, so yeah, for me, as, as we go into the future here, obviously I look forward to socializing and networking in person. Maybe we won't be shaking each other's hands or sharing uh joints uh after after five o'clock outside of conferences but uh i i do miss events and networking with my fellow industry peers um the industry socials and cannabis caucuses at ncia hosts across the country are some of my favorites they're on the smaller side rather than thousands of people they're more like 100 or 200 people depending on the region and it's just the right size to both meet new people and learn from new people and see the people that uh, you're you're in the industry with, but we're also busy heads down running our businesses. We don't get a chance to socialize a bit. Uh, so just reminiscing on the last couple of years, I know you've been an NCIA member uh, and have attended some of our conferences, the Seed to Sale show, which has now moved into a regional conference across the country. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone at an event here soon. How about you? Same here. Same here. It's, um, you know, it's so cool to walk through some of these conferences and see, you know, the diff- different vendors and technology. And, you know, it's it's an awesome chance to take a break from uh, the daily grind of, of running the business and, you know, and, and get to, to network and connect with folks. And you guys are good about attracting people from all over the country and all over the world. You know, our, our first conference that we exhibited at was the Seed to Sell show uh, back in Colorado. And, and we've been a member pretty much since we were, were started the business. I mean, we just have, a, I have a personal passion for, for politics and respect for, you know, what it means to, to lobby and, you know, and, and be part of a, a unified voice to help move everything forward. 
And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's really just been a lot of, a lot of fun attending, you know, different stuff. I've been up to Michigan. I've been, I've been to your events in Massachusetts here and in, in, here in California and, uh, even in Florida, I think I attended a regional caucus in Florida once. Um, and it's, it's cool to see the local markets and the local issues and, you know, all the advocacy that happens really, really on the ground because it all starts, you know, in, in everyone's backyard. I mean, and then rolls up into a national national level, so it's uh it's fun. Uh, ready to get back to it, even though you know we I think all of us had a bit of conference fatigue, maybe at the beginning of the year, a uh, couple months uh, of breaks, and I think we're we're ready to get back onto the the show floor. Absolutely, and Lobby Days, our tenth annual Lobby Days is rescheduled for September 15th, 16th, and 17th. So NCI members should keep an eye out and hopefully plan to join us in Washington, D.C. for that. And we have run out of time, but thank you, Colton, for being on the show today and telling us more about Flourish Software. Where can listeners find out more? Yeah, uh, www.flourishsoftware.com. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.